I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Oversharers podcast. My name is Hava. I'm Kulton. And yeah, we've got a new episode, but, but ding, 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 ding. we've got new listeners. Guys, we are this month's spotlight for Apple Podcasts. So we just want to say... A big thank you to Apple Podcasts for putting us on and hopefully you guys can listen to all the content from before and if you are new listeners, you can listen to this new episode and you know, do you want to tell them a few favourites, a few favourite episodes that we have? So one of our favourite episodes is Play Chess Not Checkers. Oh, that was a recent one. I really enjoyed the story of the stepdad who was like trying to take over the girl's house oh the rent yeah his stepdaughter's home and it turns out that her father put the house in her name oh and he was was trying to charge her for rent can you believe that the cheek of it oh that's a good story oh oh my god i also like the episode i think it's episode 23 it's called dearest gentle listener block him Black him. Black him. Anyway, so yeah, you guys, welcome. Welcome to the party. And we really, really appreciate you guys. And we hope you stay and listen to us for as long as you can. So yeah, let's start the show. Right, should we start with Monday Madness? First, let's start with how are you? What have you been watching? Last <laughs> night we saw Idris Elba. Like, you know, we've got to update the girls. Oh my God, I've had a really weird week. I don't even remember the week. So the reason why my week was weird was because I had that encounter with the pervert. Oh my God, Carlton! So much happened to you this week. And the thing is, like, do you know what? I think I can't even remember what happened that day. I couldn't even tell you. I remember I was like, I'm gonna go shopping, so I caught the Elizabeth line to Bond Street, and I just was walking around, couldn't find anything that I wanted, and then I thought, you know what? I'm gonna catch the bus to go home. Mm. So I caught change up the scenario, change up the scenario, take the scenic route, and then. The bus stopped somewhere in Shepherd's Bush, and then I was sitting on the top deck, you know, top deck, cleaning, top deck, buddy. And and then I make eye contact with this man. She's laughing through the trauma. I have to laugh because subhanAllah. Oh my God. So he looks directly at me, I look directly at him. He's walking, I'm sitting on the top deck of the bus. And I felt, oh, the reason I was looking at him, I was like, It's 28 degrees outside. Why are you wearing a hoodie with your hood up, a surgical mask, and why the hell are you carrying a jacket? Creepy. And then whilst I'm looking at him, he makes a U-turn, like he turns around and then jumps on the bus. Oh my God, my worst nightmare. I know, so like I'm sitting there thinking, if this man sits next to me, I'm in an unsafe situation. Yeah. What does he go and do? Oh my God, just think that moment when he's walking up towards you, your body must be going insane. So I'm still looking out the window at this point, but okay. in my head I'm thinking, haha, if this man sits next to me, then bloody hell, this is gonna yeah. be crazy. I just remember seeing this person. I turned to my right and he was right there. And I looked him dead in the eyes. Let me face the camera this way. I looked him dead in the eyes he looks at me, oh I'm looking at his face, his face is covered to the best of his ability. And then I decide to look down 
And then I see that he was carrying this jacket that he had like put over his lap as to cover his lap. So at this point he's sitting next to you. He's sitting next to me. Oh and my then God. I know I have to laugh because <laughs> No, what? but men are okay, finish your story. Right? So okay, so he's put his hands underneath the jacket. So I'm thinking it's bloody twenty-eight degrees. Why is he covering yeah, his what's hands? Going on? And then I turned to look out the window again and then I just thought, you know what, there's something really fishy about this. I look back hands are still underneath and he's kind of fiddling with the hands and then I was thinking like oh my god if he's masturbating I swear to god <laughs> what the hell am I gonna do it just reminds me of you know the you new just punch him yeah I was think thinking what am I gonna do and then, so I was just staring at his hands and then I just start reciting I was going to see so loudly <laughs> so loudly and then I think I love <laughs> looking at his eyes and looking at his hands like, like this. fix up I'm yeah. bringing the angels are next to me. Well, like I was, I was like, you know what? The only person that's getting me out of this situation today is Allah. So I okay. read the, I read Ayatul Kursi, staring at his hands, looking at his face, looking What's at his hands. What's he hand. doing with his face? His hands are just. At this point, he's not looking at me at all. He's looking he's just like straight, direct. But his hands are just there. So I don't know if he's. I don't know what he was doing underneath the jacket. Yeah. So I'm like obviously reciting, looking down, looking down, looking down. By the time I finish reciting, I think he bugged out though. By the time I finish reciting and the bus stopped, I just went for it. I just brushed past him as quickly as possible and then went downstairs and got off the bus. Tell me why my man is following me off the bus. Oh, you didn't tell me he followed you. He followed me off the bus and then I just ran down the road and then I ended up walking all the way home because I was like, yep, no, um, there's no way. I'm not getting on I'm never getting on a bus again. That is so scary. Oh, I know. Oh but the thing is, I didn't really deep what was going on until yeah. Manal put the story yeah. up. So when Manal put the story, shout out Manal, can I just say, because yeah. well, I like, She's I, reported to the police. I wouldn't well. have validated that experience for myself as being something unsafe. Serious. I just thought this is some weird creep guy trying to follow me or something. But when Manal put the story up and said that he was actually touching women on public transport, I was like, subhanAllah. And how scary. You didn't even know that happened to her. You just saw her post about it. I just saw the post by chance. And I was like, Manal. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. You put like, two and two together. It was, and she put the description and everything. And it was the exact same des description of the guy that I saw. And she said later on in that evening, after she posted that, a few other girls came up to her that he actually did do something. He touched them. All, and they described the same guy oh in God, that area, God. subhanAllah. That's so, so scary. So basically, ladies, in W12, there is a predator mm. going around inappropriately touching women. So just be aware. So just, yeah, be careful. If you see a man in a grey hoodie, a blue surgical mask, and a black windbreaker, just, you know, call the police straight away. Especially in this weather, that's creepy. I knew there was something fishy about him just by that outfit. I was like, are you not hot, my brother? Like, mm, <laughs> do you know what, what is I mean? going on, you creep? But you know, one thing for me is the older I get, and I don't know, it's just my anxiety, but I am mad paranoid. I can't even sit on the bus yeah. and people behind me, it scares me. Or if I'm walking and there's someone behind me more than a second, I'm like, what the hell? Can you move? Like, yeah, or what I'll do is I'll just do the old like get down, pretend yeah, I'm doing yeah. my shoelaces <laughs> so that they walk past. Yeah. But I, the one thing that I realized about myself is I'm very hyper vigilant of just my surroundings. Mm. If I wasn't looking at him and if I didn't just think about how the situation was going to pan out in my head before anything happened, I reckon he would have touched me. Yeah. If I had not seen him, but I was so aware of like, this man is weird. He's looking at me. He's gotten on the bus. He's now sat next to me. So I, as soon as there was a way out of 
the enclosed situation that I was in, Run I just, out. I took, I went for it. And I was kept thinking in my head, I'm going to get out now. I'm going to get out now. I'm going to get out now. Oh. <laughs> oh, just that anxiety alone scares me. Honestly, trigger warning, guys. Sorry, um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think the only thing that's ever happened to me similar is when I was like 14, I was on a bus and this old man sat next to me and he was like rubbing his thigh on me and then I screamed the whole bus down. Oh, that's disgusting. And ran out. Oh. Oh. Till this day, it makes me shiver. But yeah, he rubbed his thigh on me twice. And at first, I thought it was just moving. And then the second time, you could tell it was deliberate. Um, oh, it just made me feel Some creepy. men are just so frightening, aren't they? But I screamed and that helped me. And it was in the evening when I was quite young. But that still scarred me. I always think about trigger warning everyone, but I always think about the rate of people that are actually abused yeah, on the streets is actually high in terms of women, if you think about it. Just, I remember one of our friends. So when I told her what happened, she told me that something similar happened to her as well, like, like years ago. And I think she was on public transport as well when someone was like trying to rub himself against mm. her and she was squashed in a corner. So couldn't really mm. like move. And then I think she shouted at him. That's I was like, good. oh, that's so good. I was frozen. I was frozen. All I kept seeing was empty seats and this weird guy sitting, sitting next, sitting next to, me. to me. No, but you did it the right way. And Allah protected you. I know, Allah. Shout out to Allah. Shout out to Allah. Okay, guys, we're gonna move on. No, quickly, happy news, happy news. Oh, happy news. Right, so what did we do yesterday? Oh yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting. <laughs> so we obviously want to share some pleasant news now because we don't want to like, you know, dampen the dampen tone the mood already. of the podcast. But me and Hartha yesterday went to see a private screening of a film called Mona. Mm, um, so oh my God, it's amazing. Within like the first five minutes, me and Hartha were triggered just by... Can I just say that, you know us two watching films together, we're actually so fresh. Oh, we talked the way we through. Talk, we talked all the way through. And you know what? It just made, reminded me of, you know, when your mum commentates on... Now, how did that happen? I was like, this happened to me. Oh I no. remember this. Oh so no. the film was really nostalgic in that it was like a reflection of just a typical Somali household, a British Somali household, and something tragic happened. Mm. And then obviously there's like the nuances of how Somali moms react like, yeah. when there's been when there's a tragic situation. And it's just the same across the board. <laughs> they have the same reaction. It's the same tone of voice. Anyway, the, the premise of the film Hopefully it comes out and you guys can see it. it was really good. Firstly, seeing Somalis on TV. Amazing. Who can actually act. I know, good at acting. Um, I think the star was Colson Ali. She yes. was so good. So Colson Ali, there was also, oh God, it's gonna. I forgot. But the director was called Warda. The director was called Warda. And it was her directorial debut, so well done. Yeah, and I think the film was organized, I think, by Sabrina Elba. Mm. And then the B BBC. Yeah, BBC short film. BBC short film. So yeah, all round. Great evening. I thought it was a great evening. Then we met Idris Elba and we talked about Hijack with him. Oh my gosh, I'll tell you about my, oh my God, my encounter with Idris Elba was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I was like sweating, talking about, this is what he said to me. I was like, no, so first I was like, oh my God, I loved you in Hijack. And he was like, yeah, oh, I thank you. What did you think of the film? And I was like, yeah, I thought Hijack was amazing. He was like, no, I'm talking about the film we just saw. <laughs> and then I can feel myself getting flustered. When I get flustered, I just start like, or embarrassed, I get really hot. <laughs> So I'm like, oh yeah, no, the film was really good. But I just kept saying hijack. And he's looking at me like, and I'm like, what's wrong with this girl? 
I don't know. I think with my interaction, one thing I've learned about myself, I zone out when I'm talking to people. So like, I'm looking at them, but really I'm not, this is not going in because I'm, <laughs> I'm inside, I'm panicking. Okay. <laughs> so like I met him and I was like, hi, Idris. Hi. Hi, Idris. My son's called Idris. I didn't even mention my son. I was so spaced out. <laughs> Oh my I god! I named my child after you now. I no, actually they didn't, probably like, think we're terrifying. The they must think we're weird. <laughs> anyway, so then I was like, and then afterwards, mid conversation, I'm trying to regulate myself, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, he's just human. Like, yeah, he's just a normal guy. Like, he's just a normal guy. He's fine. Like, just be cool. Be yeah, cool. Just speak to him how, um, how you speak to any old stranger. Yeah. But then afterwards, you talked about hijack, and I was like, well, obviously, if you do season two, uh, you can't really get hijacked twice. How's that gonna work? And then he was like, hmm. We'll yeah. see, so like it was kind of alluding to something, another season coming. Shut up. Yeah, but I couldn't really grasp it. Yeah, because that, that first season was, what, seven episodes? Yeah, and it was so good. Mm. So he said to me, what did you think of Hijack as well? And then I spaced out <laughs> and was like, crap, now I've got to remember what happened in Hijack. It had seven episodes. Oh, yeah. Was you on a plane? But I was just in like, you know when you're just in panic mode and you yeah. don't know you're just speaking for the sake of speaking yeah. it's not even making sense yeah. i'm focusing on how hot i'm feeling in that yeah, moment yeah. <laughs> i'm just saying Idris, if you ever listen to us we're not stupid we, ju we yeah. just really liked high tech we Thank just you. yeah we really enjoyed the show we're big fans yeah anyway what else happened yeah we met loads of somali creatives that was so nice yeah i think it was a long time coming though because yeah. like I don't know, I just feel like we were supposed to meet ages ago. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, it was just really fun. And I think it's just nice seeing like, you know, the snazzy side, the film world. Is this what it's like? Mm, you know? We've seen the beauty world. We've seen the beauty world and now we've seen the, the film, film world. world. <laughs> it's very, it's giving, it's giving, what is that movie with, and they do lots of clicking and it's a love story, Love Jones. I loved Love Jones. Me too. I, I'm gonna go and watch Love Jones tonight. It was so good. Oh. Yeah, it was just giving a lot of Love Jones vibes. Just lots of beautiful black people mm. everywhere. So yeah, I really love that. Next time we meet a celebrity, we need to just chill. No, we out. actually need media training. Like, well, lie, we need media training. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, guys, also, when we tried to speak to someone, me and Cotton were such begs. We need to figure out what we're doing <laughs> with our lives. We don't know how to network. We don't know no. how to control a room. No, but I think we need, I think we do. No. Think, no, I think we did quite well last night. I think Are we you did quite well. At one point I did run because I was dying, but I'm not going to talk about that in the podcast. But <laughs> oh my God, did I tell you? At one point I left you and I went to go get a drink. And then the drink was, I'm so stupid, guys. I don't know if I was stupid or I'm nervous or like what the fuck was wrong with me. I don't know yet. But you know those baby shower little fountain things that there's a clip yeah. and then you do the water underneath? Yeah. So I just thought the water would stop. But the water just get, you have to turn the clips. So then I put my cup underneath, open the clip to get the water. And you didn't close the clip. I didn't clip. fucking close the clip. So then the water's running and someone's talking to you. I'm just talking. And the lady's like, excuse me, the water's running. So I'm like, turn the water off. Then I turn around and put my cup on the counter. And then I'm still talking to the person that's talking to me. And then I turn around and then I splash my cup of water on the floor. The ladies that were obviously waitressing were so mad at me. I was like, I'm so sorry, let me clear it up for you. Yeah. So I helped her clear up and everything, although she, you could tell she was like, she was very pissed off, oh dear. which I would understand. Cleared up everything with her, whatever, then came back and I was like, I still didn't fucking drink my drink. I need water, right? No, but what went, is actually wrong with No, us? but what is wrong with me? Then <laughs> I went back to the water thing and did the same exact thing. <laughs> You're joking. What lie? Then I took my cup and walked away. I was like, no, this is do you know what much. it is? You were rattled. I was. You were rattled. I was rattled as well. I was so, ra I was out of my comfort zone. 
I can't even. Like, I, w- I was. I went home thinking about that night. Me too. And I can like, sleep. I embarrass myself. <laughs> Wallahi, I embarrass myself. And you know what it is? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'm too. okay with it because you live and learn. Right. Next time we're gonna be a bit more like calm. Next time we're in the Oscars. Chami, we're gonna be able to read that room. We're gonna be able to walk around. Hi, Leo. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Who's Charlie? I don't know. know Charlie Gunman, Hunman, whatever his name is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. How are you? So yeah, guys, No, no, don't don't invite us to any events. No, no. Mm. Well, you maybe, maybe. Yeah. Monday madness. Should we Monday move on madness. to madness? I don't want to talk about that anymore because I feel sick. I feel sick with embarrassment. <laughs> okay, guys, Monday madness this week. This week, I asked you, what's a secret you'd never tell your parents? Now, I've got many. Mm. I should have started with you. What's a secret you never tell your parents? It's all right. I once chucked my brother out the window when we were little. <laughs> But he didn't necessarily land on the floor. It was like first floor, but there was a cushion. There was something to protect him from the ground. Oh, did you guys plan it? No. So he was looking out the the window. I just knew because it was always there. It was just something that was always there. I looked out the, he was looking out the window and then I just pushed him. I used to have really weird intrusive thoughts Mm. as as a kid. I think I was like six, maybe. Six? Yeah, I don't know if you told my mum. I could see Idris doing that. Yeah, like it's it's a bit. I could see Idris. It's that. very impulsive. Mm-mm-mm. It's just like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I pushed him. <laughs> and there we go. I know. I know what's happened. Mm. Right. Let's start. Do you want me to start heavy? No, wait. You need to tell me your one. Oh, I thought you were gonna forget. No. Okay. A secret that I've never told my mother. I used to skip Malama to go out, and so I went to Malama. That's all right, actually. I don't think she knew about it for weeks. I did that for a month. <sighs> carry on. Right, do you want me to start heavy? Or do you want me to go easy on you? No, go easy. So I guess start slow. Start, start, start slow. Start slow. She goes, where I really be going on my nights out with the girls. Can't say I'm in Ruby or Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, those two places are shisha spots. But they're dungeons. They're dungeons full of Somalis. <laughs> <laughs> Scary ones. I mean, she must have good nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live your life, sis. Live your life, sis. What can we say? I would never tell my mum. I would never, never tell my mum. Are you crazy? Shisha. My mum thinks smoking shisha is like taking crack. Right? I swear to God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, anyway. Right. I always use the... You know, I'm not even gonna expose myself. Okay. I just say I'm going out for dinner. I say dinner as well. We yeah. always use the age old, I'm going out for dinner. Yeah. Even at this big age. And then my uncle sometimes will be like, who are you going with? And I'll say, oh, my friend. Your daughter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Duh. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, I know. he would never think poorly of his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what guys sometimes you just gotta let out let out some steam mm. do you know what i mean i think that's the struggle being a muslim girl living in the western world yeah in the western one world. of the main struggles one of the main struggles is just you've got to lie to your parents about where you go yeah so what can we do it's okay to protect them if anything yeah and also i just can't be asked i can't be asked to have that conversation pull, and the guilt pull, and the embarrassment pull, and like oh, cba like i don't need trauma right next one the reason i'm not married yet is because my vibrator is life she said i'm married to my vibrator <laughs> girl Enjoy yourself. What can I say? 
Oh my oh, god! I wow, I want to know what brand it is. <laughs> just do your ghusl afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, make sure you're, right. you're still praying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should I? <laughs> That took me off. That took me off. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, guys. You know, I'm so like, I'm zoned out. I don't know what the fuck I'm reading. Self—it's oh, oh called self-love, self-care. It's called self-care. <laughs> it's all right. We don't judge. Oh. Okay. Oh, someone goes that I plan to wear niqab. Oh, that is so cute. That I'm is, so sorry we went from that to this. That was a massive oxymoron. It was, but that's so cute. But that's, that's our nice. audience. May Allah make it you. easy for you. Do you know what? Our audience is varied. Varied. And we love you. And we love you and we don't judge you. Mm. May Allah make the niqab easy for you. I mean. Oh my God. Did we ever talk about the phase that we wore niqab? So mine wasn't, I didn't have a phase. Oh my God, you. it was me that had a phase. I had a phase when I was seven. Guys, me and Harda had a serious bint phase. Oh my God, I had a bint phase so bad. Such a serious bint phase. Not to the level that I got married. No, mine was like just throughout uni. But it was, was, I really liked times, it. Though. I really liked it, it was very holy. It was really very, nice. Very it was and also I didn't care. Neither like, did I. I had no care in the world. I had money all the time. I had money all the time. Even when I was broke, money would just come to my account. Wallahi. I was so rich then. Wallahi, same. When we were religious. Honestly. We like return us back to that state. I mean, I, mean. I mean. But like, yeah, I had money all the time. I never felt anxiety. No, I never felt FOMO for going out. Like, no, I didn't care I what other people were doing. My whole thing was, this life is a test. A test. And we need to pass this test. But you know the problem, and uh, you know what, okay, we're, you know what, let's just quickly dive into it and then we'll go into Monday Madness. The issue for me was that I was a very, at that point in my life, when, how old were we? I think I was like eight, 19. I think I was like 21. Yeah, 22. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But at that point in my life, I felt like it was a go big or go home. Mm. So like I was doing madness, not, I wouldn't say madness, I was just going out, you know. And then Sundays the will be in Darasuna for lessons. Yeah, <laughs> and then suddenly I thought, you know what, you can't be living these two different lives. Yeah, you gotta choose one. You gotta choose one. So then I chose the religious side, which but, was good, but I did it very, boom. But it was good, do you know why that's really good? Is that because when you start like, when you start becoming more God conscious, it becomes really addictive. Yes. You just want to learn more. Everything. Yeah, you just want to know everything in one go. So you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this. And the more you learn, the more like, yeah. it just makes you feel good. Exactly. But the problem for me was I did that for a long period. It was a year that we were really... No, I think it was about three years. Really? I would say that my last year of uni was probably when I started to unravel. Unravel. <laughs> but, and I'll talk about why I unraveled. But like... <laughs> Maybe it was. I've just guys. I've got amnesia. But the point is, for me, I felt like I went in so hard. But my problem, the reason why I unravelled, was because the moment I did something wrong or I felt like I flopped a little bit, I just thought, fuck it. I just had this mad guilt. I was like, I failed Allah. Like yeah. I was religious. Like how could I do this? And then everything unravelled. That's how I felt anyway. I can't even remember how mine was. I think I was just really. I remember I was. I didn't. I stopped going to lessons because I was in my third year. I was doing my dissertation. Mm. I was spending a lot of time at uni. Mine wasn't like a hard unravel. It was very. It was a soft. What's the opposite soft of a soft launch? Yeah, it was like a soft launch. Factor. Yeah, just. It went from normal. <laughs> yeah, it just went from I don't I I couldn't tell you. But the you thing what is, I wouldn't say the was. thing with us. I think though, mine was stress. Maybe. Yeah, like, but I think with us, it was like we were really religious, and then slowly you become unreligious. But then you still, but I felt like we still kept some of that 
Iman. Yeah. Yeah. Not outwardly, but like inwardly. Inwardly. Yeah, 100%. And I think that really, really helped me. And I feel like those years of being religious really stabilized my next few years. Of, even if I went, even if I was not as practicing, I wouldn't go as hard. But I met a group of friends stuff. at uni. I remember I met a group of friends at, at uni who were equally as God conscious, but they were just, it was more fun. Chilled, yeah. yeah, it was very chilled out. And I remember, like, I was spending a lot of time at uni, so obviously I, they were influencing me more, but it wasn't an, a bad influence. There yeah. was a really good influence, if anything. But then you're looking at the other side when you're hanging out with the sisters, and there was a lot of judgment. Remember, there used to be loads yeah. of little catty comments. Judgment. And they used to be, for me, it was like loads of like everyone wanted to just get married. Yeah, and it, I did and not it was want too to get much. married. I didn't want to get married either. And it was every conversation that I had is, oh, are you talking to a brother? Are you getting married? Oh, this person's getting married. And I just felt it was so much stress. I was like, I'm a baby girl. Like Another thing that I struggle with as well is someone telling me what to do. I didn't like being told what to do. And I felt like a lot of the time I was being told what to do. Oh, come talking to shouldn't be wearing your, your socks like that. Or some bullshit, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, listen, like... Just leave me alone, leave me alone. So I just, yeah, that's, yeah. that was my thing. But obviously kudos to the sisters because- I think it's our personal. Yeah, yeah. it was our internal issues. issues. Yeah. yeah, and also at that age, you're in self-discovery mode. I'm so sorry, but that's why I said for me, it was either go big or go home, which is a really, for me, I feel like that's a really bad way to look at life mm. because you need to you need to take things slowly to absorb them and enjoy them properly. You can't just say to yourself, I'm gonna never go out again. I'm never listening to yeah, music. Yeah. I'm never doing, I'm gonna it just, and it's doesn't like, like just sound like something that a young person would, would do. say. Exactly. Now, if your frontal lobe had been fully developed. I would have you, measured it out. You would have measured it out and you would have set yourself like smaller small goals. achievable exactly. goals. Exactly. But you know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna wear niqab. But you know what? <laughs> Inshallah, one day, I mean. Let's carry on. Yeah, may Allah just return us to that level of Iman. I mean, oh my God, it was so it was, beautiful. It was a good time. And I'm, I remember just feeling like at times I was like, I felt I know what Qushur feels like. I just remember being around such really nice girls, yeah. really cool girls at Dada Salam, at the Masjid. Dada, oh my God, Dada Salam days were so fun. Can I say, Dada Salam has actually shaped me into the woman that I am. Hands down. There was an entire Ramadan that I vividly still remember. <laughs> I was like, I had the best time. The best time. And it was the best time in terms of your Dean. You were just the banter, the, and the vibes. vibes. Like it was so lit. Oh, I swear I to God. Doing tahajjud with each other, like itakaf. Like there it was, was just, so good. Like, it was just a really good time. And I, I just feel like those girls, that environment really just grounded me as, yeah. a, as a person. Because if I hadn't have had that experience, I would have probably been very non-God conscious today. Mm. Do you know of course, I mean? of course, and it taught us so much. The beauty of understanding what Tawheed is, I actually learned it in that time frame. Yeah, same. And being aware of shirk and yeah. things like that, that's the time that I learned it. And that's one of the main things that you need to learn and, uh, to keep we, yourself sane. Would we Islam. have known that if we didn't have a bent face? No. And I love my bent face. I loved my bent face. Right, moving on, guys. Right, 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 right. Let's continue. So we're going back to Monday Madness. So the question is, where, what's the secret that you'd never tell your parents? Someone goes, I lost my V card a long time before marrying my husband. So right, sis. So right. Well, just just, just, you know just what I mean? make Toba. Make Toba. You don't 
Do not tell him. It's happened. Yeah. Allahu It was just, a mistake. But if he asks, don't lie. But I don't think he's gonna ask. I don't think he's gonna ask. Yeah, you're too worry. far so, in now. Yeah. Just it's a secret between you and Allah. Yeah. Don't worry. And just make toba. What was I gonna say? What someone goes? When I was little, I took my mum's gold rings to the beach and randomly <laughs> and randomly put them in the sand. Wait, did her mum get the gold rings back? I'm assuming they. She lost them. Oh no. Someone goes, I actually got into multiple universities and told my parents that they rejected me to get a gap year. <laughs> That's actually so smart. That's actually really clever. Oh my God. Someone goes, I had an addiction when I was younger. I managed to get out, but, it but no one ever found out. Oh, oh that's good. They that got out on their own. Yeah, they must be really strong. Mashallah. Someone goes saying that I'm having a late night at the uni library, but all this time I'm in a different city. <laughs> OT. She's like, you know, cash flights not failings. <laughs> oh my God, someone goes, my dad pissed me off one day when I was 12, so I hid his diabetes medication. No, 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 no. So, I'm sorry. That's too far. That is too far. I can just imagine him going, Naya, <laughs> Naya, where's my diabetes medication? Where's my insulin? Naya, I need it. <laughs> I need it. Where is my sugar? My sugar high. My sugar high. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just said. Oh, that's wow. so funny. Yeah. But that's actually kind of mad. That's, actually a, that's yeah. actually a bit. That's, that's called, that's borderline manslaughter. Mm, oh my God, because if he becomes hyperglycemic. And some, something happens. Yeah, that's your fault, sis. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But you know, parents can be a little bit irritating. But we never take it to the point where we're we taking don't really their medication. You know, I want, I want to go Jenner. Yeah, I no, we don't even, don't, we don't take medication from our parents. No. Someone goes, when I can't be bothered washing the pots, I hide them in the oven and play mother. <laughs> 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 oh, do you say the kids put it there? Oh, I just say, oh, I'm gonna kill you <laughs> to my mum. All like, I'll be like my husband do it. <laughs> oh my god! Someone goes, I like me a white king, but we're going to have to go for the culture to prevent heart attacks. Oh, really though? But do you have to? Do you have to? Because some, you know, there's some, some good-looking white. Men, mm -hmm. there's some there. good-looking Caucasian men. There's some good-looking vanilla milkshakes, mm -hmm. and I like me some too. Same, indeed. Mm. And your happiness comes first. And if you find that white king, your preference, mm. and he's Muslim. Uh, oh. Bingo, bingo. Imagine your white king in a thobe. Woo! White trainers. <laughs> But the thobe is just right where the ankle and the socks, do you know what I mean? Like fresh haircut. Fresh haircut. Opens a Mercedes door for you. Good Does Lord. that Habibi come out? Let's go to mischief together. Are you telling me you're gonna give that up? I think she I think if she finds one, she should still introduce him to her parents. I think they'll have should. a heart attack for a little bit, but they'll get over they'll it. They'll get over it. And if he's got good manners and he's got good personality, they'll love him. They'll love him. So if he treats you right. And if a man treats your mother right. Game over. Game You've over. Won. If he buys the whole her a few bags, won. a few, a few jewelry, dahab. If he buys your mum a a little dahab for herself, she's probably moving in with you. Your mum's set. <laughs> Do you know? What I mean, your dad. She just needs to give him, you know, shakir. Mm. Okay, last one, and then we're done. Right, that I'm scared of men, but she goes, I want to get married. I'm scared of them too. <laughs> Why can we do? I know, there's a thin line between like hate, fear, 
and love. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we love them. What can we do? We love them. We need to procreate. Exactly. What can we do? Okay, okay. I'll last for you, last for you. She goes, my younger brother vapes, even though I don't approve of it at all. Uh, what, what can, can we, we do? do? It's, an, it's an epidemic. It's, it's, it's a pandemic. It's, like, it's mad. It's like cracking the 80s. It's COVID-19. That's what it is. Yeah. It's mad. Someone goes, I tried dating a girl for a day. How did that go? What do you do in a day? Hi. Can we hold hands? <laughs> I'm too bitchy to date a girl. I get so angry all the time. Anyway. Like, why are you wearing pink eyeshadow? I wore pink eyeshadow. Yeah. I imagine she wears your clothes. I'm like, why are you wearing my blazer for? When's the Well, I, I would, I would I actually fight her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the final one is that it was me who caused the huge dent in our old car. I think you should live with that one. Yeah. And never tell Take it to your grave. Oh, uh, and that is the end of Monday Madness, guys. Shall we dive in? To the scenarios. I just want to ask Colton what she thinks of Kylie and Timothy Chalamet. I think it's cute. I think it's cute as well. I think because the white boys are back in season. I'm just saying. And I suspect Travis Scott is a bit toxic, especially with that little other girl mm -mm, drama. Mm -mm. That he also, was they're having. all very young. They're in their twenties. Mm. Like monogamy is that a thing for rich people? I just want to say. I just feel like Courtney really started a trend. Though. I'm telling <laughs> you, white boys are in season. <laughs> They just look really. They, uh, they, they actually look really cute together. Yeah, they, and also her aesthetic changed. Who Kylie? Yeah, go and check the Instagram. You're joking. The aesthetic has changed. No, Kylie posts thirst traps mostly. No, no, it's changed. She's she's posting really cute. It's giving whimsical. Oh, yeah, it's giving Italian summer whimsical vibes. It, okay, forget. Oh, the this one. Yeah, look, 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 look at all of these. No, she looks good. No, I think they look really cute. I don't know mm. yet if they suit, because obviously I would like to see them on an interview together. And see the chemistry. See the chemistry. Mm. But I mean, just on the surface, they look adorable. I'm kind of happy for her. I feel like Travis puts her through a lot. They probably put each other through a lot. Mm. We don't really know. I just, because you know, what Tory Lane said in, in, in you know, in his, in his testimony that he was at Kylie Jenner's house when the shooting happened with Megan Thee Stallion, and he was trying to, you know, you know, get mm. with Kylie Jenner. And oh. you know, at the time she was with Travis Scott. Mm. So I'm thinking, you know, I, messy. I, I think they've got a very open relationship, but I don't it's like open messy. relationship for people. I don't like mm -mm. that. Mm -mm. I'm too jealous to have an open mm. relationship. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I want you to be obsessed with me. Exactly. Only me in this world. You only breathe my air. I think the reason why there's an open relationship come between on. Travis and Kylie, Conspiracy all their words, come out. is because Travis was, you know, Continuing to go back to the that girl, whatever okay. her name was, with the dark hair, right, right, right. Who keeps oh, talking on that. social media about he's my baby, oh, and yeah, all that, I yeah. That. Well, she didn't actually say that, but you know, mm. she keeps paraphrasing allegedly for keep, all of this. Yeah, she keeps speaking on social media, saying that you know Travis, you know, is yeah, yeah, still yeah, seeing he, yeah. her, he's even still. though he's with Kylie. Now, I mean, Kylie to get her own back on Travis for continuing to see the side piece goes and gets her own little side piece. And no, but they're not together anymore. No, this is before. Yeah, okay, okay. So I think that's what that's, they had a lot of toxicity yeah, yeah, yeah. between what them. What if Tylee falls in love? Who? With Timmy. I just, I would I love, love that, that for her. I think she deserves it. Good, healthy love. Right? Mm -hmm. Everybody deserves good, healthy love. Indeed. Mm. Right, scenario. Right, scenario. Is it me this time? Yeah, I think is you Is it go. me you're looking for?
we and Heather just looked in each other's eyes for three seconds. Longer than we should have. That was really weird. What's going on? I don't know. Can we do it again? Yeah. So we feel comfortable. <laughs> okay. Weirdness over. <laughs> right. This is from a Somali man. The scenario is from a Somali man. What? Well, look at that. They have come and they have sent a scenario to us. A Somali man has sent... Can we just talk about... The fact that we've expanded our demographic. To a Somali man, eight. Eight, one. One Somali, Somali man. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? I'm to that Somali man. Welcome. She's saying, I welcome you. I welcome you to the audience. To the podcast. Ah. I think if more Somali men come to us, we will give them good, healthy lives. I know, we actually are. Holly, you know, sometimes I think we're giving too much away on this podcast, you know? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think people are trying to use what we say against us. Yeah. Isn't it? But we don't always hate men. No, Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we love love. We love lo Guys, you don't understand. We want you to do better. Men, we want you to do better, which is why we drop and these women. gems. And women, obviously. Yeah, there's some, there's some, there's there's some, some side eye. Yeah, there's some, some side eye, some trifling women. Mm -hmm. But we just want people to do better. And we want Somalis to actually be like, you know. We want to build the, the Khalifa. The examples <laughs> of healthy black love yeah i want i want to have a nuclear family that's healthy right we don't want no broken homes no we don't want no broken homes mm -mm. that's what they did to americans in the 80s yeah but we're I'm not gonna follow suit we're gonna go full suit because we are here for you we're here for you so let's do it okay what is wrong with us wallahi we are so weird don't you think we're weird we're actually fucking strange, actually fucking strange. anyway let's carry on guys right our lovely Somali gentleman has said, <laughs> the title is, I'm just gonna refer to him as Somali gentleman. Dearest gentle listener. Dearest gentle listener. A Somali gentleman has entered the chat. I know, and we love that for him. Okay, he goes, a love roller coaster. That is the title. I hope he's a lover boy, because I haven't read this. Mm. And I love a lover boy. Yeah. I love a you lover boy. You know me, guys. He goes, Asalaamu Alaikum, ladies. I've been watching your YouTube for a short while now, and both the stories and your reactions are gold. Oh, mm. Alaikum Salam. Alaikum Salam. I do feel like it's about time I shared my own. It's a bit long, though, so sit tight. Mm, I'm ready. He goes, I'm a 20 year old guy, and I've been speaking to a 19 year old female for a while. I'd just say just under two years. Okay. Mm. I've always been for early marriage, whereas she never did see it in her near future until she met me. We both do love each other dearly and inshallah we'll get married sooner or later. However, da, 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 da. oh no. Lover boy, why are you doing this to me? Oh no. Just end it here. You failed me. Okay, he goes, we're both from London and she told me from early on that she's going to uni outside the country where she's going to study medicine. Mm, oh, smart nice. girl. As you know, it's, it's a very, very long and expensive course. She's the only girl and the youngest with three older brothers who aren't married. So from that, I know her parents aren't for marriage as of now. We're both Somali and I did encourage her to tell her mum about us just so that the whole Qabil thing is okay in the future and that's not an issue. Mm. Oh, so he's planning on waiting for her? Basically. That's cute. He goes, Alhamdulillah, all is good. So it seems like the mum is happy with the Qabil thing. Mm. He goes, her mum just told her, focus on studies and stay away from men. And I did expect that. I just wanted her mum to know of me. So it's a bit more halal for what it's worth. Mm, that's nice. Okay. We like this. He yeah. seems like a healthy guy. Seems like a good boy. 
He goes, you may be wondering that, yeah, you guys are still young, etc. And I do understand that, that even though it's early on in my life, I'm certain that I found the mother of my kids <gasps> and I want to make it as halal as soon as possible. Oh, we do try and do no contact as much as we can, but I'm not going to lie. I do fold after a few weeks and months. Um, and end up messaging her. When it comes to financially supporting a marriage at a young age, I understand how expensive it is. And I've asked a few family members which are married questions and Alhamdulillah, I'm doing really well for myself and that will not be an issue. The whole waiting for her to me isn't that much of an issue. Like I'd prefer sooner, but I do love her and want to spoil her when the time is right. Mm -hmm. The thing is, since she's doing a long course and she's only in her second year now, she wants to work after university. Well, obviously she's done medicine. And he goes, I don't know how both parents can be working when kids come into the picture, basically. So he wants her to stay at home while he works? Yeah. Okay. So he goes, it's just when kids do come along, she still does want to work part-time and I don't really know how that's going to work. One more thing is, I'm worried that what if I do end up waiting all this time and her parents say no. I've tried getting her to tell her mum more about me or something, but bringing up marriage or boys to her parents is like bringing up tribes to a tribalist. Damn. He goes, I hope I haven't made her look bad or anything. She really is amazing. I do hope we get married, inshallah. I just wanted some insight. Oh, We love a lover boy. We love a lover boy. So basically he's saying he's ready to get married. He feels like financially he's set, he's 20, and he's basically waiting for her to finish her education. And her parents are basically set on like, we need you to finish your uni before you get married. And then obviously the little small things that he's worrying about is obviously when they have kids, he's like, it's just gonna be a bit hard, both parents working with kids and things involved. I personally think he should park the kids thing to the side. Yeah, because he's got, got bigger problems. You've got bigger problems right now. Yeah. So the thing with the parents, I think he's going on the right way mm. in terms of him encouraging her to talk to her mum about it. I think the more she's open to it, and I think the more, and you know what, I might be contradicting myself here because last week with the barber guy, I was like, hmm. But in my mind, I'm like, I listen to you guys in the comments and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Loads of people get married young and they live good, happy, happy lives. Yeah. You know, not everyone's marriage is toxic. But in my mind, I'm like, if this guy, I think they both need to have open discussion of when they want to get married. And mm -hmm. if, if they want to get married young and he's willing to wait for her in that time while she's away in that country and he wants to do that bid mm. and do that long distance, then, you know, you know, fair dues. It might work for them. It might be a hard thing to do. Or I think he can wait a few years. Can he wait a few years? I don't know. He sounds smitten. He sounds in love. Mm. He's been bitten. He does not want to wait. I don't know, because this is a hard one in that, okay, so baby and all that, we're not dealing with that no, right I now. I don't even want to talk about You've got that. to deal with what you can control in the present, mm. which is you want to get married. The girl you want to marry is doing a medicine course at uni, which is going to last, what, five years. Mm. Now, he's got to figure out is he willing to wait five years for this girl to finish her course? Because I know her mum's not going to let her get married while she's doing that course. She's not jeopardizing medicine. She's like, I don't want no, she doesn't want no oops, baby. She doesn't want no oops, baby. Mm -hmm. And she's not jeopardizing her career. Because this, exactly. this, this, this is a very career. good course. Mm. So, you know, he's got to weigh up what, whether or not he's prepared to wait five years. 
So she's going to be 23 when she finishes. She's still a baby girl. And I think she probably wants to do her post-university, you know, when you have to be an F1 doctor and then an F2 and then you can, Mm -mm -mm. and then after that you're no longer a junior doctor. Mm -mm -mm. She's probably going to want to do that as well. She has to, yeah. Yeah. So is he willing to wait that long? Uh, Also, he knows that she's going to become a doctor. No one's going to sit in university for five years and to not work to afterwards. Not work. Do you know what I mean? So what is he willing to sacrifice? That's what well? I'm saying. A compromise has to be made. You can't be looking at her when she has a baby saying, it's not happening. She went to university for a very long period of time for something specialised. So that would be... I would just think it's, it's a really, disservice. It's a bit of a selfish thing to mm. ask her to do. Yeah, and also, can I just say, yeah, I watched this TikTok today. I sent it to the group chat. Did you see it, darling? Probably not yet. Mm. Mm. Darling, do better. <laughs> anyway, so the TikTok was this amazing woman. I think she's from like Ghana and she lives in America with her husband and they've got four kids under four. Guys, I've got two kids under five. Five, and that shit is crazy. She's got four under four. Yeah, but she's living a beautiful life. Shall I tell you why? Mm. Because they've got a nanny, okay, that supports them at home. Obviously, a nanny is a luxury for certain people. I get that, especially in the Western world. Probably not so much in Ghana, though. No, but they live in America. Oh, I thought you said she lives in Ghana. No, she's she's from Ghana. She recently moved from Ghana and married her guy. Right. Yeah, so they're living in a very cushy life in America. But it's the sacrifices they make. Anyway, in a lot of the Eastern countries, you know, past the West, they do live that way. Mm. They, they've got, you know, nannies, they've got maids to help them, things like that, and it makes life easier. But the real was just so amazing to understand how motherhood in the lens of that woman was just amazing. Like, she had a nanny to help. So in the morning, her and her husband went for a walk. They got coffee. They came back. She made herself breakfast, did some work on the laptop. Mm. The nanny was helping with the kids in that time. Then she spent time with her kids, did some teaching. Then she went back like, to work. That's so amazing. Like, it was so nice, and it was such a big balance. And then some people look at nannies as though it's something bad. No. Especially men who, who see women as should be the sole child rearing person of the household. It's hard. Yeah, but they look at a nanny as being, it's frowned upon to It's a disservice to you. You're not doing your role as a mother properly. But all you're doing, something. you're making your role as a mother so much easier so and probably easier. a lot healthier for the child. And for their relationship. Yeah. And another thing that she did is in the evening, her and her husband would set up activities and teaching because they're all really young kids. Mm. So they're not at school yet. So her and her husband would set up these activities for the children so the nanny would do with them while they're both working from home or she's exercising or whatever she needs to do. But I'd probably having a chat in the garden catching up. Like, like, imagine having time to catch up. (laughs) I saw this woman, seven, eight, seven, eight in the morning, her and husband went for a long walk in the morning. Wow. They got coffee together. They talked about life. They came back, she dealt with the kids for a bit, did some work. But the point is, there was a balance. This, there is, was a, like this is a couple with four kids, guys. Four kids. Able to go four. for a walk in the morning and grab a coffee. And the luxury, I understand, you have to, you've got a big luxury to be able to afford a nanny, mm. which is cool, we get that. But it's like, if you can get that lifestyle. Yeah, I think people should balanced. actively work towards that lifestyle. Exactly. I don't think there's no shame. I don't, I don't think there's any so. shame at all in having a nanny. Well, lie, there isn't. And I feel like in this day and age. It's it, like, oh, you're taking away quality time with your children. No, it's not. No, I, it's not. I've got sanity. <laughs> I've got sanity. And it's like this idea that your motherhood equates to you having to suffer Mm. and be like, and I'm not saying all motherhood suffering, but if you are the sole housewife in a house, 
you are the sole person. You're the stay-at-home mom. You are the stay-at-home mom. I'm so sorry, but like 24-7, your life is not Christy. And if you've got more than three kids that are not in school, it is effing hard. Mm. To be able to cook, clean, look after kids, do it's all not, of that, and not, not even possible. have help. It's, it's so possible. hard. It's so tiresome. I mean, it's possible, but it's just you're stretching yourself so thin. Yeah, so it's like, to me... I think he, maybe they need to navigate and think about different ways. You know, someone actually shamed me for wanting to have a nanny in my future. No, it's the best <laughs> thing you could ever have. So like, why would you do that? Because, and the thing is, I, I was thinking in my head, like, I wouldn't expect my partner to pay for it. I would work hard and be, and want to provide that luxury for myself and for my children. Mm. It's got nothing to do with. I think it would be nice if your partner paid for it, but yeah. Obviously I would love, <laughs> but like, I would as, love for him to I do think so. If you both but agreed. I got angry because I was like, how dare you shame someone for wanting help, for needing no. support that, you know, for a fact, two people aren't going to be able to p provide in a balanced way. No. Like the man's going to be working, what, nine to five, five to nine, he's going to be tired, have his feet up on the table. So what you want me to look after the kids from nine till bloody 7 p.m. And just sometimes have nine to ten. Nine to ten. If they're if they're not sleeping at night, that's nine to nine a.m. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not reasonable. It's that's not. It's, just, it's not feasible. It's hard. It's very hard. So you know what? To the people that have nannies, shout out to you. That's gonna be my life in three years. Inshallah. Soft life. Soft, soft life, life. Soft life. Soft life without suffering, guys. So to me, this guy, they're still quite young. They need to navigate and understand what do they want from life. If they want kids and she wants to work full time, then obviously you need to find a compromise. Is a nanny a, a way forward for you guys? Do you guys maybe want to move somewhere, you know? Where it is more feasible more, to get a Exactly, nanny. and it's more affordable to get a nanny. That works for you. But yeah. In terms of marriage, again, that's a conversation you lot need to have. If you both want to get married, then she, she obviously needs to speak to her family. Mm, and he needs to speak to his family. And then you guys can navigate it that way, if you're serious about each other. And if she doesn't want to get married yet and she wants to wait, then, you know, do you love her enough to wait? Yeah, do you love her enough to wait? And also... And for you to work on yourself as well. Like, yeah, you can just go about, you know, getting your... Get more money. Get more money. Get ghosts to kill the bag. Kill the bag. So no, she but can it's the nanny. But it's it's true because basically, you know what it is. I just I don't want this girl to be in a situation where she's choosing her career over her man or her man over her career. Mm. It's not fair to put her in a situation like that. I think the best thing for them to do is wait. But he needs to assess whether or not he's. I think they need to talk about it. Willing to yeah. wait for that long. And if, if she says to him, I, want, I don't want to get married now. Then he should leave her alone. Yeah. And if he wants to wait for her, cool. In that time, you know, develop yourself, work on what, need, what you need to do. How can you be a really good husband? But they both need to be on the same wavelength. If they're making a decision today to say, yes, we are 100% going to get married, then they need to be sort of working in that direction. It doesn't necessarily have to be like they're constantly communicating or whatever, but they need to have that in the back of their mind as though that is their end goal. Yeah. Not end, but their main goal in yeah. that period of time. However, if there are doubts from either side, this is going to fail. Mm. And then my last thing I would say, yeah. Is pray istikhara. Istikhara and tahajjud, guys. I swear to God, I'm telling you. I'm on a tahajjud journey at the moment. I'll let you know if it works out for me. If you see my, if you see my soft life soon, then you know the tahajjud prayer came true. <laughs> but love like, that for you. I know, but my, my point is, yeah, I really was started reading up on tahajjud and like the beauty of tahajjud. Like, and my TikTok algorithm right now is very tahajjud related. Is it on the overshare as well? No, it's on my oh, personal. Oh, one. is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very, you know when you start, so, you know when you watch one video and then you watch it from start to finish yeah. and then more videos like that come, come up. up. So my ones so are nice. like, people talking about what happened when they prayed to Hajid or the things that 
they were able to achieve the or miracles. more doors were open for them the miracles that happened yeah. and I was like whoa it's so good guys the secret to life is intahajit wallahi <laughs> I swear to god and also you find it's a lot of peace honestly it's a lot of peace and it's like you're I don't want to get emotional but it's like you and Allah he's like your bestie and like you're just telling him all the problems mm. that you have and like he's sitting there going like you know, I'm willing to give it to you. Just he's there like, on the, on the lowest third. On the on the on the what is it? He's on, on the, the low. He's, he's on, on the, the lowest heaven yeah. on the last third of the right. night. Like he's just he's there. He's you just know, sometimes there, like, I get. Say, give I, to, I'm, just, give, I'm, I'm willing to give. I'm you. willing to give. Just ask for me. Just ask. But you know, another thing that I like about Sahajid is like everyone is sleeping. Yeah. So it just, and the mood is so calm on that last third of the night. Like sometimes you don't see any mood. It feels like there's no movement. No, it's just you and Allah, literally. Yeah. It's so amazing. But also it's like another thing that I read, you have to really purify your intentions yeah. because Tahaj is like an invitation from Allah. Yeah, it's an invitation. Because sometimes you don't wake up. I'm not gonna lie, the other night I didn't wake up. My kid was just not letting me sleep. But it's like, I remembered, like I didn't put it in my knee. I was like, I didn't say to myself, I'm gonna wake up for Tahaj, like that's what I'm gonna do. I, I didn't force it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But and it's like not it, something that you, you need to pray like every single No, of course yeah. not. But in my mind, I'm just being difficult. I've set myself a goal to pray this like a certain amount in yeah, a week. In a week to see if my life, not to see, but I just want to make improvements in myself. So that's my own goal. But I'm just saying, like, even if you get up for tahajjud, just know Allah invited you. And this is your way to have a conversation. And this guy, if we bring it back to him, maybe you both need to just pray to Hajjid. And if you both want to get married and it's the parents that are in the way, ask Allah to remove that obstacle and it might be. Yeah, make sure you make specific du'as like mm. in your tahajjid because it's so easy to just make a little vague one. Oh my God, I listened to the way, you know, I used to do my du'as wrong. I listened to the proper way you're meant to do du'as. So you're meant to first, so you have to make this little du'a beforehand. No, do that, yeah. But then there's it's the it's the it's the way that you make du'a. So they were like, first you have to um, talk about Allah and on all his like really nice names, no, or no. his favorite name I think is Allah. I think that's what I read anyway. And then you've got to do like um, you have to s send blessings to the prophets. It's what you do in the tahiyat. Yeah. So like Muhammad, that one. And then you ask for what you want. Like you know however what? long I you want, you just had to and say. then you and then you end it with with peace and you end it with blessings to the prophets again. I thought you just had to say like Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Wassalatu Wassalam ala Rasulullah, and mm. then you can say your da'a and then that's it. No, I don't know. I was just reading. I was literally, I went in on dive no, of tahajjud. We need to find the sahih things. The delay or the delay. Or I'll send it to you guys. But yeah, it was like, it was like the way in which you can make dua if you want it to be accepted. And obviously there's other things like you have to have a good intention. You have to have certainty that Allah will accept your dua. Yeah, you can never yeah. ever have doubt that Allah yeah. won't do it for you. And, and you can't have waswas and things like that. But yeah, I'll get the Dalil, don't worry. Get the Dalil, babe. Get the Dalil. <laughs> Bit Afi dead. Bit Afi dead for us, because we are Ahlul Sunnah, okay? <laughs> A Salafi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. But yeah, how do we want to round it off with our lover boy? No, I'm really happy for him. I f I it know, sounds like he's met someone that for him is, that's it. This is my person sort of thing. And I said, like, they're really hard to find, Harva. I know. When you find your person, you, you have to love. Hold, you have to hold on to them. You've got to 
cling. Because and another thing is, I don't want him to fumble this bag because I feel like he's got he's secured the bag with this. He one. did. She's a doctor. She's smart. She's pretty, and he mm. loves her, and she mm. loves him, and she loves him. Now I think she's worth waiting for. Me too. Me too. I, I think love. she's worth going the extra mile for. I love. Just imagine, like you telling your grandchildren the story how me and my loss met. Oh my god! How I waited for her. How it was a struggle, but we made it. We had various obstacles along the way, but we we found our way back to each other. I know. We got you. Got this. You got this. You got this, my Somali brother. My Somali lover. Please let us know in in a few. You know, if the, if there's wedding veils, please invite us. Please invite us. You know, we're always begging to go to our wedding. I know. Too, oh. I swear to God. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Right. Should we do scenario number two? Scenario number two. So guys, we don't have a second scenario, but we've got an update for you guys on a previous scenario that we did. So this is a lovely lady that sent us a scenario about her stubborn parents. She wanted to marry a Pakistani guy. They're lovers, you know, they want to get married. And her parents are like staunch on the fact that she can only marry a Bengali. Oh my God, this was months ago. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And basically her parents were being very difficult. They felt like the people, like the local community, the local Bengal community were um, unsupportive. Were unsupportive and, you know, talk about them, things like that. She didn't really know what to do. So yeah, we've got an update. She ended up marrying the Pakistani boy. Her family let her. Right, right, right. I'll read the update to you. I'll read girls, the update I'm so to you. excited for this. I know. So she goes, Salam, girls. I hope you're both well. Thank you so much for the advice and support that you've given me through your previous video. The love from everyone else also helped me so much. And I love this community that you guys have created. Oh my God, I'm going to actually cry. We helped someone. We helped someone. We helped someone. <laughs> and they're circling back. I know. I love when this happens. So oh. she goes, I wanted to provide an update on my story and perhaps some advice to the other girls that are in my situation firstly i have finally managed to convince my parents alhamdulillah and oh. got married to the love of my oh. life Allahu Akbar. that's just so Allahu beautiful Allahu. What do, i'm just trying to remember if i gave her the good advice yeah, did we, we did, give her we good did, advice we did. i think we did but alhamdulillah look at that i know i hope we did i really hope we we encouraged this she marriage. goes so she'll tell us what she said she goes okay. as you girls suggested i got in touch with a neutral imam oh we're so we're, sick. we're smart. <laughs> she goes, we got in, I got in touch with a neutral imam. The previous one was Bengali, so he held some reservations regarding intercultural marriages. And he spoke to my parents and tried to educate them. But what really worked for me is having the patience and perseverance and making a whole load of that to soften my parents' heart. Ooh. Yes, my parents didn't like the Pakistanis because of the past, but honestly, they wouldn't even accept anyone else that's Arab, Indian, black, white, revert. You name it. Oh. So she goes, they wanted someone for me from the exact same city as us, which is which is quite pathetic given that we live in the UK. She goes, honestly, my dad is still not 100% happy as he now fears that I've paved the way for my younger siblings to marry outside of the culture. But I pray one day that he sees the light and opens his mind. She goes, the most important thing for me is that your prospective spouse put in serious effort. My husband lived five hours away from me. He has a busy life with work studies, but he still managed to put the effort in to travel every month to convince my parents <laughs> and to learn my language. 
At one point, he was on the floor begging with tears in his eyes oh. in order to gain my dad's acceptance. And that, and this was all after my dad hurled all, sort of, all sorts of insults at him. He never stopped trying, bless him. My dad is now accepting of him. My mum adores him and so do my siblings. I'm now the talk of the town because I did such a bad and shocking thing. You didn't do anything you bad. You didn't do anything bad. You guys are spot on. I am from a small town where everyone knows each other and no one except me has introduced someone outside of the culture. The Bengali community in my hometown was unfortunately very toxic, but I'm now out of there and can focus on living my life. For all the girls that are going through the same thing, it's hard work. Everyone was against us. I have lost a lot of weight hair and my mental health really deteriorated at some point but I have patience and pray and make sure the guy puts in the work. They will eventually come around. Oh my God, I love that. I know. Like how amazing. I'm so glad we gave the right advice. I know, I know. But I yeah, know. she spoke to the neutral imam. I knew it, that imam was trifling. He was trifling, he wasn't giving her right advice. And I think it's a circle moment as well for the previous scenario that we just read. Just put in the work, if you love each other, it will go. Do you know what I mean? It'll work the way that it's supposed to work. Yeah, guys, like, honestly, can can we stop this now? This Bengali-Pakistani thing is actually a joke. It's guys. everyone, though. Like, even Somalis. Somalis are, are the same, but we just need to stop and just... And, and say, we're like, all Muslim. Allah. Do you know what I mean? We're all Muslim. We're all Muslim. We should all marry each other. We're honestly, a melting they, pot. A dating pool for me and Hada right now. Oh, I can't even no, say can't that. No, can't even say that. You know what Fuck, yeah. but you know what I mean. They need to squash the beef. They need to squash the beef. And it's not just Pakistani and Bengali, it's loads of other cultures within Islam, yeah? Mm, 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 that have these little... Cultural... I don't know what they're called. Biases like yeah, against crazy, each yeah. other. And they're literally the same And people. you know what? If everyone just unites, it's going to be easier for people to get married and mm. there's going to be more options. Mm. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Options are going to be there. There's going to be loads of options because Indeed. no one's being racist. <laughs> Defo. But yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for sending in scenarios. This is a testament. Sometimes we do give good advice. But yeah, kudos to us. I know. And I just want to say to that girl, well done for persevering. Mm. A lot of people would have just stopped, but Mm. you were definitely, you were both, I think it's because they were both in it together, which is why they were able to push through. through, Yeah, because if it was like one person gave up, the other person would just be heartbroken, but they were both very sure they had a goal in mind together. Yeah. And they just did everything that they possibly could, even if it impacted on her mental state or her physical state, which is so sad. But sis, mate, Allah rewards you. Honestly, you you did a good thing. I mean. And look, now look, your parents love him. And he's the love of your life and you got him. Mm. Right. Anyway, guys, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you. <laughs> and we just want to say this episode does not have a video. <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, we found out about five minutes ago that this episode, the cameras cut out in 30 minutes. The battery died, which means that this is just going to be a podcast episode. So no YouTube for this episode. Sorry. But yeah, continue supporting us, guys. Download the episodes on Apple and Spotify. Please give us the reviews and make sure that you comment on the YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the works. Not not the YouTube. That you don't want them to comment on YouTube. There won't be a YouTube episode for this episode. <laughs> no, just generally. I'm oh, yeah, yeah. Go and spam the comments <laughs> on YouTube. Anyway, we love you guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 